God is good. Well, yeah, just have your Bibles ready. We may go somewhere. And uh, I just wanted to share a little bit with you and just talk about the pitfalls of moving from relational to mechanical. And um, the danger and the whole thing about any relationship is that you can move from relational to mechanical. You can move from the heart of the thing and you can just get wrapped up in almost the mechanics of a relationship. And it's important for us, and especially in our relationship with Jesus, to keep the relationship relational and not mechanical. And you know, and especially, I think, in churches like ours where we teach you to confess the word, you know, speak the word, and uh, this kind of thing. And I was just reading again a testimony this week of a guy, and uh, he teaching the word, preaching in the church, and things like this, and, and uh, he got seriously ill, I mean, unto death ill. And uh, every single day he was, you know, standing up and quoting the word, I'm healed by his stripes, I'm healed. And he was going through the whole Bible, um, all the healing scriptures, quoting, 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 quoting. And look, it's all good and right. But he said he got to a time where he was laying on the bed and literally his life was ebbing away. Literally. I mean, he was dying. Um, the doctors had said there's nothing more that they could do. And uh, he was laying there and he said, Jesus, I've I quoted the scriptures. I've done this. I've done this. And just in a moment of absolute weakness and at the end of his tether, he laid there and he said, Lord Jesus, please heal me. And he said it was like a wind blew into the place. The power of God came over him. He was instantly healed. Got up off that deathbed. And in all our quoting of scripture, in all our um, routine, in all of the things that we do, we cannot lose the heart of the relationship. We need to protect our relationship with Jesus. Is that okay? And so we can get to that place. And I remember um, a young man went from here to a particular Bible college, and um, they were very strong on the word of righteousness. And, um, and I remember we were talking with him one time, and, and uh, they were very strong on the word, very strong on confessing the word. And he said they got out onto the highway. This was down in Eastern Transvaal, you know, Pumalanga area. And he was standing there, and um, he needed to get a lift back up to Joburg. He was here from Bonera Park. And he was standing there saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. The next car that comes is going to give me a lift. You know, and just going, I'm, saying, I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the Most High God. I rule and reign. And uh, God loves to just mess with our theology, isn't it? And he said it carried on and carried on until eventually he said, out of desperation, oh, Jesus, I need to get back to Benera Park. Would you like a lift, young man? Are you all following me? You see, we can get so much into the mechanics, the mechanics of coming to church, mechanics of, okay, we know the routine. Isn't that right? We're going to go one song, and Pastor John's going to get his whole hands right. We're going to pray in the Holy Ghost. And then it's like, and we go through the meeting, and have we connected with Jesus in that time? Have we connected with the Lord? It's so easy to become mechanical. All, um, you know, decent counseling trainers will tell you that human beings are not mechanical. They're relational. That's why it's so difficult and so complicated to counsel. And unfortunately, us men, we try to treat our wives like that. What's the matter? I don't know. What are you going through? I don't know. Then we bring out the manual, you know, the motor car manual. Well, if we just change the spark plugs, 
you know, and tune the carburetor, you're going to be okay. And, they, yeah, and they're going like, no, I'm not going to be okay. Yes, you are. You just got to do this and do this and do this. And do this. And then we treat them as if they're mechanical. They're not mechanical. I think you found that out by now. Men, they are relational. Is that okay? Relational. And there's something that helps the relationship a lot. It's called money. Honey. <laughs> That's why she's your finance. <laughs> But we can move so very quickly, so very quickly in our prayer lives because we've got formats which we fall back onto and structure in prayer even is a good thing. Well, our Father who art in heaven. So, Father, I want to thank you. You're in heaven. You're my heavenly Father. And it's so easy, moves over to the mechanical and we lose the relationship. And I really fail to have this evening where we can just get back to the relational. I was talking about it with Bruce on Friday and talking about the fact how it is so easy to become professional ministers, a professional pastor. It's so easy for you to become a professional Christian. You know, so someone comes to see you, you know how to do it, you can quote the verses and, you know, just stand strong and, you know, let's believe but God. You know, we can do all of that, the Christianese thing, you know, the lingo. We can talk the language but we can be completely disconnected with the person. It's so easy. I remember, and I've said it many times to our leaders, let us never become professional. I've been on the receiving end of professional ministers, you know, because, because I am one, you know, so I tend to hang around with them, you know. Hey, brother, how's it? You know, and goes like, hey, brother, good to see you, and this kind of thing. How are you doing? You know, I'm blessed. And very often you feel, you can feel they're doing the professional thing with you. They're not connecting with you. There's no heart connect. I mean, are you aware of it when people don't do it to you? They're very formal. It's very disconnected. I mean, you look at their faces. They're smiling. They're talking to you. They're saying hello and all of this kind of thing, you know. And amongst us Christians, hey, brother, how are you doing? You know, I've been praying for you, you know. Or you talk about a switch. I'll pray for you. You know after they've walked away from you, they've forgotten it. They're not going to pray. Then you know we become professional. We know what to say to make the person feel better, but we don't. So in our relationship with the Lord, we mustn't become professional. You know, he mustn't feel a heart disconnect with us. Because I can go, praise you, Lord, praise you, Lord, hallelujah. You know, I'm thinking about the hamburger afterwards. I'm thinking about the week ahead. I'm thinking about everything. But there's a total heart disconnect from him. And that's why, you know, people wrote songs like, let's get back to the heart of worship. You know, how disengaged is your heart? And, and look, you know, it, it's not, I'm not picking you out. I'm not, not calling it together because these actually three of you sitting here are worse than the others. And I'm so glad that you're all here just to give a bit of an audience so those three don't feel like they're being picked on. You know, that kind of thing. It's not that. It's that it's the challenge. It's the danger. It's the pitfalls of all relationships, um, of any relationship. But it's the pitfall particularly of our Christian walk. 
and it's easy to do the thing. I said it to Bruce, and, I, and you can ask the leaders, I say it over and over and over again. We have to be sincere in our love. We need to be sincere in our Christian walk. If you tell somebody, I'm going to pray for you, you need to pray for them. Is that okay? Otherwise, you're doing the professional thing. Rather, don't commit to praying for them. Don't, rather, don't say it. Just bless you, you know. You know, Jesus will look after you, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, or something like that. But if you connect with someone and say, I'm going to pray for you, then pray for them. So let's not become professionals. Um, let's not become professional Christians. Let's be Christians. Let's keep the heart of the whole thing. So um, some early warning signs, you know, of disconnect. One of the things that I've discovered is that the closer I am to the Lord, my emotions are closer to the surface especially in respect to him. Let me just take you back to Charles Finney, for example. Charles Finney, one of the great revivalists. He said, when I lose the passion for souls and I don't weep for the lost, he says, I take my Bible and I sit down and I read the word until I start weeping for the lost. He says, when I start weeping for the lost, then I preach to the lost and then the lost get saved. Why? Because they feel the connect. And so we need to be in a place um, when I'm more connected to God, when I'm closer to Him in that sense. I find that when I'm, I'm, I'm in His presence, I more easily experience that full spectrum of emotions. I feel the joy, you know, and in the tender times, I, the tears are close to the surface, if not you know, if not the waterworks are, are really working well, you know, if my face is not leaking, you know. And so, so that God connect brings us into a place where we can experience emotions with Him. If I feel almost as if my heart is callous, then I know I need to just spend time with Him again. And it's not that I'm in sin, I'm just disconnected. I'm distracted. And a lot of it comes, now how many of you know this is stuff in life? You know, things happen in life. Isn't that right? And, you know, for many people at the moment, life is not easy. Life has a way of crowding in. Jesus referred to it in the parable of the sower and the seed, the things that crowd in around the seed of his word. You know, he talked about not only on the positive side, the riches can crowd God out, but also the lack of finances, the cares you know, he also talks about tribulations, hardships, difficult times. These, all of these things compete for our affections with Jesus. All the more we have to defend our hearts. All the more we have to keep that God connection alive because that is your lifeline. You know, that's how you're going to make it in this world. That's how, you know, that's how we walk in the Spirit. So your relationship with the Lord is being contested whether you like it or not simply by living in the world that we live in. I don't know if you noticed, but we're kind of not in heaven yet. Okay? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's not like heaven, you know? And so there is a competition for your affections. There is a very real enemy that energizes a wicked world and who does not like your love relationship with Jesus. And so he will challenge it. You know, he will challenge it through accusation. He'll challenge it through temptation. He'll challenge it through many, many, many different ways. 
But there are things that compete for your affections all the time. And Jesus spoke about it also in the whole issue of money. You cannot serve two masters. Either you will love the one and hate the other, or hate that one and, and love the other one. So you cannot serve both God and money. Now that stands for, the money thing stands for the whole of life. All of life will compete for your devotion, your affection, and a pure devoted heart to God. So Paul says it in Romans chapter 12. He talks about keeping your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord always. Now why does Paul feel the need to do that? The need for him to say that is because there is such competition for the affections of your heart. So I find, you know, for me, one of the telltale signs is that in the presence of God, I'm kind of even emotionally. Now, there are people that are more expressive than others. You might be quiet and shy like Helga or a complete extrovert like Jenny. <laughs> you know, so, you know, because Jenny's out there, you know, we've got to tone her down, you know. Halga, we've got to just try and ramp her up a little bit, you know? So, um, so I'm not talking about personality types. I mean, within your personality type, it's, there's a disconnect when I don't feel the things for him that I used to feel. The second thing is, is when you stop genuinely really caring about the Lord, about people, about, you know, all sorts of things. It's just that the heart goes, the care goes. So this is not meant to be condemning. This is meant to just help us to find out where we are and to motivate us to say, let's get back into a, into a God connect. And the third thing, and I mentioned it already, is a lot of things just feel mechanical and routine. Isn't it amazing that when you're in a connect place with the Lord, you can do the exact same things that you're doing now in routine, and it's exciting. But when your heart is not connected, you're doing the exact same thing, coming to church, and it feels mechanical and routine and, and boring, and why should I be doing this? And really, it's about our hearts. Isn't that right? It really is about our hearts. You know, you can stand in worship, and someone can go, oh, well, you know, it's just like, yes, it was like long and boring this morning, and then somebody else is going, oh, I felt Jesus everywhere, and it was just like, wow, same meeting, same service, same place. You know, one connected, and, and someone else didn't. You know, but that's, that's the state of the connect, you know, the state of the heart. Isn't that right? And so another thing, just something that will help us is that I just find that, you know, when I'm really connected to the Lord, it's like passion for spiritual things is easy to find. You know, if you say, come on, let's read the word. The passion is there for it. Let's do this. The passion is there. You know, so I don't have to go looking for the passion. The more connected I am to the Lord, the more readily available, or, you know, the more closer to the surface. I don't know how else to explain it. The passion is closer. It's more readily available. I see lots of heads nodding. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Pastor John, you're preaching to yourself, brother. I'm glad you eventually got it, <laughs> you know. But the passion is closer by. And for me, it's a sign, you know, when the passion um, can I tell you when I start to really throw myself into the Word and really try to get God connect, it's not when I'm asked to preach at a conference or quickly asked to, to do an offering message or anything like that. But when I find that I don't have passion for the Word and no hunger for the Word and no hunger for His presence, then I know I'm disconnected. I need to do something. And so we need to take responsibility for it. And uh, I remember it was before the conference with... Um, 
the New Seasons Conference. And I was absolutely surprised at the overwhelming response from Jesus. It was a conference coming up, and, you know, I was getting the prime spot and all of that kind of thing. So you kind of feel the pressure, you know, I I really need a word from God. And, you know, everybody last year was amazing, so everybody's coming going like, we can't wait for Sunday morning, you know. And, uh, And when I arrived there this year, everybody was like, I'm so glad you're on, and I'm so glad you're on Sunday morning, Pastor John. I'm going, oh, Jesus, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, because there's an expectation, you know? But anyway, so, but a couple of months prior, kind of from January, you know, you slow down for Christmas, and I really felt a disconnect. I really felt like I'm not, like, and I just decided I'm going to come in here at night. I'm going to come up to the church. I'm going to come and just spend time with the Lord, and, and then sometimes during the day as well, get up here early before the staff arrive. And I was absolutely overwhelmed by the response of God to my little steps to reconnect. I was overwhelmed. It was almost how Jesus came running to me to meet me at those times. Sometimes I would only get through the door there and I would be laying in front of the heater ready. I would just get through and the presence of God would just overwhelm me. And I would just lay down on the floor and just start to spend time with him. Um, <clears throat> the Lord really wants a relationship with us. And I can't tell you, but in those times, sometimes just laying there, and I would manage to crawl over, <laughs> over here, just how in seconds God just came over me by the Spirit and took me to deep travailing prayer for that particular conference. And if you knew behind the scenes and then what happened in the meetings, just the spirit with which I was dealing with there to break that conference through into a place. And even the Saturday night before the Sunday morning, I hardly slept. And from 3 o'clock in the morning, I was in deep travail, just groaning before God with inutterable groans. That's what broke the thing through. But, but for me, and it's not about the performance of the, the intercession. It was about how God ran to meet me and connected me to his heart for the sake of the relationship, not for the conference. But the conference was the benefit. It was the sideline. You know, it was the fruit of. You understand what I'm saying? And so it's that connection that we need to get. And suddenly the passion was back. And since then to now, I'm so passionate about the word. I think you can tell it in the teachings. It's just... I can't stop. It's like I can't get enough. I can't tell you how many, for Alma's conference, I must have prepared more than 100 hours for that message. And I was able just to stand up and just write on the board and write on the board. And, you know, for me, you don't maybe see it and you can't see what's happening in my heart, but the thrill and the joy, because for so many years, I wanted to be able to do that, and I couldn't do it. And suddenly it's happening this morning again. I didn't even need to look at the notes. I prepared so much from Friday all day Saturday, right up quite late Saturday night. I went to sleep meditating on the message. I woke up at quarter to five and I was preaching the message. And so when I got up, I mean, it was just something that flowed out. And that has come about from January, February, and into March from the conference. The passion for the word is close by. Is everybody following me? It's close. And so passion is not hard to find. Isn't it amazing how, you know, sometimes we have to discipline ourselves 
sometimes we have to force ourselves. You know, I've told you that story about the man that's laying in bed and his wife comes and says, Honey, you know, hour to go to get to church. You need to get up now. I'm ready. He's going, Oh, it works. Yeah, I'm going to sleep tomorrow. And then, Honey, man, come on, 50 minutes to church. You've got to get up and shower. You know, darling, listen, it's 30 minutes. You're going to have to get out of bed. Okay. All right. But why do I have to go to church? Give me three good reasons why I've got to go to church this morning. Well, number one, you're the pastor. <laughs> yes, love. So, so every Sunday morning, you're a liar. <laughs> but when the passion is gone, you know what I'm saying? And there are some times when you have to discipline yourself. You're going to, hallelujah, duvet, get off me in Jesus' name. You know, right. In the name of Jesus, one, <laughs> two, okay, stand, <laughs> walk. You know, and then you've got to get yourself to church. And there's times when it's good. But hey, it's much better when the passion is there and the connect is there. And it's like you jump out of bed and it's like, Jesus, you know. And those, that, that is awesome. But that takes connect. That takes connect. Are you getting something? The next point is, is that you find it hard to believe the best about people and situations. That one goes down really well. <laughs> quiet. <laughs> you find it difficult to believe the best about people and situations. You find it difficult to believe the best. In other words, you just, you move more towards the pessimistic side than the optimistic side. Isn't it amazing? The more connected you are to God, the more hopeful you are. The better your outlook on life is. He's able to pervade your being with a kind of optimism. Am I talking the right language here or am I is it was this all for live stream? Please, I just need to preach to somebody, yeah? You know? But it's almost like it's just harder to see a more positive outcome with things if you're not that connected with the Lord. You know, the more of the God connection that's there, it's like, hey, man, it's going to be okay. And you say to someone, you're going to be all right. They believe you. You know, but when you're in the mechanical thing, it's going to go like, hey, yeah, it, it'll be sharp, you know? It's like, be okay. They're feeling like, well, you don't sound really convinced, you know. And, and so it's easier to believe the best for others and for situations. The more connected you are, because the more connected you are to his life, the more you can speak out of that life. The word is always powerful. God's word is always powerful. God's word is always true. We always need to be speaking the word. We always need to be making a positive confession. However, let me just qualify that statement by saying this. The more God-connected you are, the more powerful that very same statement is. Carries more anointing. You know, I was meditating it on one year when Reynard Bonker said, God's word is as powerful in your mouth as it is in God's mouth. And the whole, everybody, thousands of people going, hallelujah, amen. And it's true. It is true. But listen, when you speak that word with the breath of God, it's as powerful as in God's. Because if an atheist says those same things, it doesn't have the same power as a spiritual believer. Is that okay? It was powerful in Reynard's mouth because of the breath, the ruah, the spirit with which he spoke, the passion. Isn't that right? And so you can say the same things. You can speak an outcome over people, and it will have life in it the more, more connected you are. So let's not focus on patterns. Let's not focus on the mechanics, although they're there 
and they make up our lives. Let's focus on the relationship. Let's focus on the Lord. One of the things that I have found, and I've heard it just in observation with people, with myself, the more disconnected I am, the more vaguely I refer to Jesus. Now listen to me. Listen to me. There's a lot of truth in this. When people are going through a hard time, I've noticed it. They will talk about God. They will tell me, you know the Lord. And they don't use the name of Jesus as easily. There's a lot of looks right now. You know God. You know the Lord. Because there's a little bit of distance in our relationship. And this is not a beat you up thing. If you say God and Lord, it's fine. But understand what I'm trying to say. Jesus is such a personal term. It's his name. Is that right? And so the more passionate about him I am, the more in love with him, the more connected, the more that God connection is. I talk about Jesus. Jesus. I don't use vague terms. I say Jesus. Because it's a relational, it's a relational thing. Am I making sense to some people? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so don't look at me with that strange South African look, huh? What are you talking about? Be honest. Go like, wow, that's good. That's good. So it's just in our personal, the way we personally refer to Jesus. See, I don't want this to be a beat you up thing or anything. Like I want it to be an encouragement for you to get back to connections. You don't understand what I'm saying. I find that the more disconnected I am, the more distant I want to be with people because I don't want to hear what they're going through. Because I feel like I'm going through my own stuff, you know. You know, sometimes when you're in a place of disconnect, you know, and somebody comes, oh, I'm going through this, I'm going through this. You feel like saying, sit down, let me tell you my story, and then we'll both cry. <laughs> yeah, you want to hear hard times, honey? Let me tell you hard times. In fact, what you're going through is nothing in comparison with what I'm going through. You want to hear problems? I'll tell you problems. Okay, you can laugh. You can laugh. I don't think like that, but, you know, some pastors might. I don't know. But I don't want to hear anything else because when I'm in a place of disconnect, I have no overflow. I don't have anything in excess for you. Emotionally, I don't have an extra to carry your emotions. And that's because of a disconnect with God. Listen, I'm speaking the truth now, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have an emotional extra. I can't carry you as well as face my own disconnected situation. But you know, the more connected I am, it's like, bring it on, you know? I'm like that taxi minibus. Just fit another one in, you know? Just <laughs> open the door, squeeze them in, get them in, you know? You can sit on laps, it's okay, tell me your problems, you know? Because I find that I'm in a place of overflow. And I'm in a place with the Lord where we share your burden. And I can handle another story and another story and another story and another problem and another difficulty and another situation. I can handle it. So conversely, let's take the ministry out of it. You know, just our care for people. Your job situation. You know, yeah, there's another thing that's gone wrong and another thing that's gone wrong and another thing that's gone wrong. You know, you find that the more connected to God you are, the greater the capacity that you have. Just, it's mysterious supernatural you have emotional space for things that you wouldn't have if you don't because of an absence of god connect 
So we need to be connected to the Lord. Amen. We need to be connected. And um, the biggest danger is to accept the situation that I'm talking about, a, a mechanical relationship with the Lord as normal. That's our biggest danger. We must never accept it as normal. It mustn't be the status quo. It mustn't be the new norm in Christianity. You know, we get up, we come to church, we do the thing, we go out and, you know, um, and basically, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. You know, but your heart is not touched, your heart is not moved, your heart is not blessed, your heart is not. And I'm not talking about living on an emotional level. I think you're mature enough to understand that what I'm talking about is a vital relationship with Jesus. Heart connect. Heart connect. We, we're connected. And so it will tell in my connection to the Word, my hunger for the Word. It will tell my ability to enter into worship. It will tell in the depth of my prayers. Let me tell you, a one-sentence heart-connected prayer is more powerful than 10 days praying mechanically. More powerful. There's power in heart-connected prayers because it comes from somewhere. Is that okay? Now, now, David talks about it if you want any scriptures. There's plenty of scriptures that I can quote, but I, I don't want it to be an in-depth teaching. This is more, I'm just trying to exhort us into a place of just getting with God. Is that okay? And um, so take all of the things that I've shared and um, just get back, you know, to a place of connection with Him. Get back to a place of a vital relationship with Him because He wants us to have that kind of relationship. He will overwhelm you with your response. Do practical little things. Talk about Him. Just talk about Jesus, you know? Um, forget the mechanics and the routine, maybe, for a while of your quiet time. And wherever you go and sit, sit down, pull up a chair, and just say, Jesus, come and sit here with me, you know? And sit there and talk to Him as, as if He's there, which He will be. He is there. You just can't see Him. You know, do something. Bring a different dynamic in. You know, there was a stage where the Lord said to me, he just really clearly spoke to me. It was a little bit weird, you know. So I didn't tell anybody about it, but I'm going to tell you about it now. But it was very weird. The Lord told me that I was in a completely mechanical relationship and I was in complete routine. So I tried to break the routine. So in those days, we had a shower curtain. And because I'm right-hand biased, you know, so when you finish showering, you take the curtain and do that. And I, I was trying to be so literal, I would do the curtain like that. So I would close the curtain with the left hand and open the curtain. I just wanted to break the routine. I took my watch off there and I put it on this arm. And everybody was asking me, why is the watch on this arm? I said, I want to suntan that white patch over there. <laughs> and it was difficult because I was going, ah, ah, like this. You know? you know how it was at night when you wake up at night and you're wondering what time it is. And it's going like, going, can't see the luminous part of my watch. Oh, yeah, it's on this hand. And I was just doing things. I put my wedding ring on this finger. I just changed because I wanted to break the routine and I wanted to just rediscover something because God really spoke to me. I really just, just rediscover the freshness of a heart relationship. So do something different. Um, do whatever it takes to get back the God connection. Your spiritual disciplines. Just get into the Word. Read some of the Psalms. Take a psalm and just start to read it. Read it, read it. Put yourself in David's place. You know, take Psalm 23. You know, read that psalm. Get into a place of just immerse yourself in the water. I like what 
One great preacher said, he said, whenever I feel thirsty and dry, I do what the heart does, the H-A-R-T. You know, it's almost like the lechwe. He said, I do what he does. So whenever there's danger, whenever there's, you know, um, drought or whatever, the heart would go and immerse himself, jump into the stream. And just his nostrils, because the nostrils turned upwards, just the nostrils were out so that they could breathe. But they would immerse themselves. Sometimes what you need to do is take a radical step and just say, all right, I'm shutting myself away. You know, um, time out. You know, this is a God-connect time. And stick the praise and worship on. And you stay there until you feel I've connected with him. He's walked into the room, and our relationship is pretty awesome. We had a God connect time. Do something about your routines. Try to discover God in the monotone of your everyday, driving to work and coming back. Do something different. Take a different route. Just, just whatever that you can. Just think practically, creatively. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Lord, how can I, how can I get, you know, how can I just, I want a deeper relationship with you. I want a deeper relationship with you. Have I said something that helps? Did I say something? Did I say anything that helped anybody yet tonight? Amen. So we want to just get back to it. And, and so it was part of the reason why I wanted to just set aside this time with you. We're together where we could just, just get into the presence of God. And um, have the freedom to kneel. Have the freedom to sit. Have the freedom just to lay on the carpet. Have the freedom to just call out to God. Have the freedom. Oh, yeah, and try that thing about Jesus. Try it. Use his name. Use his name. There's a lot more intimate about John than pastor. Hey, John. Yeah. Pastor. Which one? Did I talk your language tonight? Good. I'm convinced, and part of the reason why I feel like the Lord's put it on my heart is because there very much is a swing and a shift and a change in things, and it requires that we walk with God. Daniel said, they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. But it's those that know God, not know about Him, that know Him. And I really am convinced that God is going to release unusual innovation and unusual ideas and revelation, and, and for us breakthroughs and finances and, and all kinds of things and impact in our ministry as witnesses, as disciples, as whatever we are. I'm convinced God is going to release something greater, but you know, he needs people who are close to him, who are in a relationship with him. I remember Pastor Tini once we were talking, we were just sharing and, and we were kind of talking along these lines, more or less, in general. And uh, he said to me, you know, John, I, I said to the Lord the other day, he said, Lord, I, I want to I hear you better. He said, why don't you just, just raise your voice and shout so I can hear you? Because sometimes I miss you. And uh, Jesus said to him, if I have to shout, it means that you're not standing that close to me. He doesn't want to have to shout. He wants us so he can speak to us in our ears. So we're just going to go through worship and... And I, re I don't really want to have to orchestrate it. I just want you to get in and God connect. Is that okay? Is that okay?
Riba Mushtegela Apartines Motchidis Nach Narish Dokrelitas Lovumbrech. I had to call you back to this. I had to draw you aside to come here. Dobrive Emlak Gutita Bajda Brekes. We had to reconnect. Dronista Lama Fechnaj Noktes. I needed to have your heart and your devotion and your affection. Zombravilo Mjnach Nezdikralos Tachvej Dunum Pradis. There are many things that you sowed for, you prayed for, you confessed. And I delayed them. I delayed them until now. Lo privole matala o vista la gestu gulu tredeles. Pravat gunde rakas. Je cres no cres tabrih. Pratat revus tale. Discipline is good. But a spontaneous heart is better. And if I had provided then, you may have thought your ritual or your program or your formula provided it. Revelus, it's in relationship. They that know intimately their God shall be strong and shall do great exploits. You see, in Christ is relational. To be in me is to be in the Spirit. To be in the Spirit is to be in relationship. This is the place of all things are yours. Mambroke la pradi roto selesh vanala samandosh ketredis lama andredes. Thank you for coming back to the heart of it all. Thank you for coming back to this place of worship. Thank you for coming back to this place of intimacy. Rambe umbradish dungre lisule maidukere. You can feel it now. You can feel the release of relationship. I don't just want you to have the gifts. I want you to have me, the giver. It's that place called there. It's that place called there. It's that place called there. There will I meet with you. There is therefore now no condemnation there. There, there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on, from his heart to yours. And your heart to his. Let's pray. Come on. Father, we want to pray for one another, saints. Lord, there's plenty going for us, but we're aware, Lord, sometimes life has a way of getting through. So we want to agree together, Lord, for one another in the name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you that, Lord, uh, you just bind, seal, whatever it is, Lord, that's just lifted in our relationship with you, whether it's just been a fresh God connect tonight. God, we just want to pray just uh, 
a blessing over them, speak life over them, speak protection over them. In the name of Jesus, pray, pray, go. Thank you, Holy Spirit, right now for touching every person. Thank yes. you for each person will just have a fresh encounter yes. with you. Yes. They'll just fall in love with this presence, the presence of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they, they will remember to from today on. They will sleep and they will wake up with this presence of God. It will just fill their rooms. They'll be working while they're working. They'll suddenly will feel the hand of God just upon them. They will do something on their day-to-day thing and suddenly they'll feel just God just around, just around them and just saying to them, I love you, son. I love you, yeah. daughter. So right now, Father, thank you for your presence. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for becoming so much more personal to each one that's here tonight. Personal, personal, personal. Each person here will just have a, such a supernatural, deep revelation and uh, just a relationship with you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that you are good. And each one will just experience your goodness, Lord Jesus. Uh, and the river will woo! just flow out of your innermost. Yeah. Just flow it out. Get out of your mind and let that river just just let it flow from your left and to your right. There's something on the inside of you that's ready to be burst forth. Let it burst forth. Don't hold back. Throw the rocks and the stuff away and just let that river just flow out. You know you want it. You know you want it. You know you desire it. So just lose your dignity and just get out of it and let that river just let the deep cry comes out. The deep cry comes out. Somebody come to Oh, oh, Shakurama, ho, ho, Zakalaha, ha, 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 Inutterable groans of the Holy Ghost. Some of you would do well to do that. Mm. Some of you would do well just to get a dose of the Holy Ghost. to be blessed. The Lord bless you. Wow. Awesome. Wasn't it awesome tonight? Wasn't it good? More of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So listen, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. He's the leader. He's the guide. And um, James says, I think it's James, says that the Spirit He caused to live in you tends towards envy and what James was saying just before that friendship with the world is enmity with God but he says but the spirit he caused to live in you tends towards envy so the spirit in you the Holy Spirit in you is envious of your walk with God and so he'll keep stirring that and 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 ministering this in the week and just pulling you into Jesus amen I really see big things happening for you 
but it's all in the context of your relationship with Jesus. Is that okay? Deeper, more intimate, more meaningful, more personal. Love you, bless you. Amen.